In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Eternal Father, you called St. Philip the Evangelist to open his mouth and begin with Scripture, tell the good news of Jesus Christ. By virtue of our baptism, we too are called to work for the salvation of souls. Instill in our hearts the zeal of St. Philip, that we may convert hearts and minds to your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome to the St. Philip Institute podcast. My name is Father Justin Braun. I'm the chaplain for the Institute, and with me this morning is Miss Deanna Johnston, the Director of Family Life. It's been a hot minute, but it's yeah, good to be with you. You too. And uh, today we're going to be talking about the role of the domestic church, and particularly the responsibility of parents to be the primary teachers of the faith, and a little bit about how the St. Philip Institute intends to help with that uh, during this COVID time, and, and just our general mission that was given to us by Bishop Joseph Strickland uh, to teach the faith and to help the diocese be a, a teaching diocese. So we've got a lot of fun things to tackle this morning, and we're going to do it as quickly and uh, succinctly as, or succinctly and clearly as we can. But before we begin, uh, I do want to ask you, Deanna, because you're a mom of four and you're a daughter of four, yep. right? So do you remember your mom and dad like being pretty active in your faith development? I feel like we had a, a good, solid prayer life. I'm the product of 12 years of Catholic education, but I also had a, a really good foundation at home. My dad's a deacon in mm-hmm. the church, so we kind of lived at the parish mm-hmm. <laughs> for that whole time. Um, if dad was doing something, we were up there. I was an altar server. Um, so things were really reinforced at home that we were learning at school, which yeah. was really cool. Um, learning. I remember when our family was learning things like the Divine Mercy Chaplet, the Rosary, putting those into to practice. Uh, but yeah, it it was it, there was always like a correlation between what we were learning at at school and what what we were doing at home. Not that it was always perfect, sure. but we tried. Right. Yeah. The <laughs> we reinforcement was there. So. Yeah, for me, it's similar. I didn't go to Catholic school, but uh, we did go to church a lot. My mom was mm-hmm. a church, total church mom. Like, if it, I would say three days a week, we were probably at church, not just for Mass, but for other things. But definitely grew up uh, where it was expected. We were going to pray before meals. Yep. Um, we were going to talk about things that were sometimes hard. Now, I'll be the first to tell you, my mom would readily admit, like, if you asked her what's transubstantiation to this day, she went to Catholic school for 12 years. She's been Catholic her entire life. She'd probably, that's the thing where the bread, beca- you know, mm-hmm. kind of jokingly, <laughs> but no, she's not going to give you a philosophical and theological right. dissertation, right. but she, she knows her faith. She understands it. She believes it. And I think that's to a degree, one of the points that's very emphatic in the documents of the church is that your, your credibility to your kids mm. is not subject necessarily to your ability to articulate the faith in its fine details, though that can be very important. Do you believe? Like that basic and fundamental act of belief. So we're going to talk today about that uh, and a few other things, Um, but it's good to know, yeah, similarly that we did have the benefit. We stand before you. She works professionally for the church. I'm a priest. Uh, Mom and dad had something to do with that um, and probably realistically a lot to do with it. Mm So um, this question of catechesis and the domestic church is not new 
In fact, the church, as some of you may have listened to our podcast last week, just came out with a 300-page document on catechesis and evangelization, and uh, it's reiterating a lot of what's been said before, but at its heart, it's recognizing the necessity of the church to do its best to accompany the family in this lifelong journey of faith. And this, you know, Bishop Strickland's teaching constitution prophetically really kind of saw this coming three years ago that we've we've really got to go back to the basics. You know, what did the first century Christians do? They did not have a parish. They didn't have on, they didn't have Bishop Robert Barron's uh, Catholicism series. They had their house. They might've had some neighbors who weren't trying to kill them. Um, And so they try to convert them or try to talk to them about God. So, you know, again, you're a mom, you do this work professionally also, but just in your experience as a Catholic, why is it so important that parents understand and fulfill their responsibility to teach the faith? That's a great question. And and when we talk about domestic church, I think that's a term that's kind of been lost over the last mm-hmm. few years, especially, or at least just in my experience in ministry. But marriage is the foundation for the family. The family is the first church. It's the foundation of all society. That's what right. com- comprises all of our our neighborhoods, our, how we change the world is by supporting our families. So by parents living as disciples of Jesus Christ, by parents living out the faith and believing all of this, that's where the, the roots are strengthened, I think, mm-hmm. in the, the life of faith in our children. But if we don't believe it, then why would our kids believe it? Um, and I know, and I know not all, all families are, are like this, but it can be very easy. And I, I recognize this in myself too, is it can be very easy to assume that the church is going to be the one that teaches my kid mm-hmm. everything and then returns them back to me as little saints, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's a little messier yeah. <laughs> than that. And we have to be involved. Um, but it's really cool to see how when our kids are, are learning the faith, it's a really good opportunity for us to not only refresh, you know, what we believe as Catholics, but to deepen um, our belief, our our commitment to Christ, mm-hmm. so that our children can can live that out as well. Yeah. Um, would you Would you say that you've got Alexander's what six five five? Yeah. So she's probably not jumping into to mystic theology yet. Right. Um, but does she see mom and dad living a complementarity and love? Every day, I would hope so. you would hope so, right? I would hope so. so, so the church's admonition here is is not that that you are able to articulate with precision all that we believe right. at every grade level, but are you living? Have you internalized right. the teaching of the church and the manifestation of Christ living in your life through the sacraments, especially? So sometimes I think that's even just a first kind of point to make with with folks is that. Um, you don't have to have a master's degree in theology to do this. What you do have to have is a living faith, yes, um, fed by and nourished by the right. sacraments and a prayer life. Right. So, um, so we'll kind of start there and, and talk a little bit about specifically in the catechism. So, I, I want to point to number twenty-two, twenty-three, and we're going to kind of look at a few other points um, in this section. But it says, parents have the first responsibility for the education of their children. They bear witness to this responsibility first by creating a home where tenderness, forgiveness, respect, fidelity, and disinterested service are the rule. The home is well-suited for education in the virtues. So just that short 
paragraph is like, Oof, I got a, some work to do. Right, right. <laughs> but it, but notice there, it doesn't say that the, the, they bear witness to this responsibility by creating a home where they can define every moral law in the church, exactly. where they can argue with you at a biblical level about, you know, the, the creation story in Genesis. It says, right. no, where tenderness, forgiveness, respect, fidelity, and disinterested service are the rule. That's a that's a high bar that's huge. to live. But but how does your faith inform your ability to do that, right? So uh, you you know the faith intellectually and interiorly very well. But if you can think about it and maybe explain to our to our listeners, how does my knowledge of God's love in the Eucharist inform my ability to be a person of disinterested service, for mm. example? Mm. I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, you are putting me on the spot. And I, sh- and I should say, um, maybe just to flip the question back, but mm. uh, Michael and I, my husband and I, we both have degrees in philosophy and theology, but that does not mean that we do this well. Just because <laughs> we know all the terms, or I don't, I don't even know if I know all the terms. My husband is very smart, and he teaches ethics and um, church history and whatnot at the high school. Uh, but hearing that statement just calls to mind, like, do we get back to the very basics um, of just how we interact with one another as spouses? The fact that we're married in the church, I think, mm-hmm. provides a really good foundation for all of that and allowing that grace um, to be active in our family life. Um, but family life is so messy mm-hmm. and... but. But Christ is in all of that, which is really cool. Um, but just teaching our children to be kind and um, polite and, right. <laughs> and all of that. But having a home prayer life, I feel like, is foundational to everything that you just um, that you just read as well. That 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 would be the fruit of having a home rooted in Christ. Yeah, the the compassion, <laughs> tenderness, respect, fidelity, mm-hmm. and disinterested love. Those are manifested in your actions primarily, not your words, mm-hmm. right? This whole idea that I've got to know the words. Again, I'm not saying—we do need to have an intellectual understanding of our faith, and we're going to talk a little bit more mm-hmm. about that, but we but we, we most manifest our faith by what we do, yep. not what we say. Right. Um, and so children having the chance to see in their parents the faith being lived out is a formidable education. Again, my mom and dad, my dad converted five, four years ago, um, so it's not like he was teaching me the doctrine uh, of transubstantiation right. or cons- co- uh, constans- consubstantiality of Christ and his two natures. <laughs> no, my dad was trying to be a good dad right. and faithfully right. showing that to me by the way he loved my mom, by the way he loved my sisters, mm-hmm. and by the way he carried himself as a mm-hmm. professional. So um, that education and the virtues that the Catechism speaks of is 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 the kind of the foundation again we can you are a product of catholic schools and i can say with great certainty because i have a chaplain in our catholic schools like we can teach the knowledge mm-hmm. right we can we can and some of our kids are better educated than sometimes i felt like i was they were asking me questions like i haven't really thought about that you know <laughs> um but that doesn't mean that it's making a difference right mm-hmm. i can learn all the theorems of quantum physics and it may not make a difference in my life right. because I choose not to really accept what I'm what right. I'm understanding. So right. having the ability to learn and then live is really what the parents' primary role is going to be, is to, to manifest this in their flesh. So when we read a little bit further down, I'm going to just kind of go through this this paragraph because it's a it's so good. This is 2223. It says to do the things stated already. 
This requires an apprenticeship in self-denial, sound judgment, and self-mastery, the preconditions of all true freedom. So as parents, the hope here is that the church is saying is that you, you're educated in self-denial, super hard, yeah, right? I'm still working on that you're, I mean, one. <laughs> you're a mom of four, like, gosh, you never have time for yourself, so right? Uh, but self-denial, um, sound judgment that you're using prudence. You're not just making decisions out of reaction, but you're responding by discerning and then responding mm. to the problem. Mm-hmm. And self-mastery, that basically you're able to say, these are the goods, these are the bads, these are the things I need, these are the things I don't need. Mm-hmm. And again, those are mostly based on our ability to live the moral law of the church mm-hmm. and to recognize that we need to act virtuous. Just the mm-hmm. basic word means to be a, to be a, a man, I need to translate it quite literally, but to be a good person is what mm-hmm. virtue leads to. So mm-hmm. thinking about that, how did you experience maybe that a little bit, and, but maybe more you can share, but how are you trying to do that right now with your family? Um, mm. Uh, and you have to read it again, or, or just yeah. Sound judgment. <laughs> Sound judgment. Self discipline or self denial and self mastery. Well, I mean, I think I saw that in my in my parents and the way that they they raised us. I'm one of four girls, and enough said. So much, yeah. <laughs> um, but seeing how my parents, um, I mean, they were active in the church. But I felt like they had a really good awareness of the fact that we had to take care of our home life first. And even mm-hmm. my dad being a deacon, um, where he's called to serve the needs of the church, he was also, and I could see the the struggle there at times where it's like, well, the family has to come first. Our domestic church right. has to be intact. Um, my mom went through, or and is still in some ways going through um, some illness, and that was one of those times where it was like, okay, we, we can't be involved in all of these external things because we got to make sure that mom's okay and that we can um, just take care of the basic needs of our family and just taking that into my own marriage, my own family life. I, I see where we're, we're learning that. I mean, like right now discerning like what's best for our family right now mm-hmm. in the midst of COVID or um, the education of our kids, all of that. Um, but it does require a lot of discipline uh, and something, like I said, we're, we're still learning, but like mm-hmm. leaning on the sacraments <laughs> has been important right, right. for that. The revelation of Christ's mercy to yourself mm-hmm. uh, for your sins actually teaches you to be more merciful and to make, make better judgments. Yeah. Um, so it, it has yeah. a great instructive ability. That, I mean, the Eucharist being the, the fundamental way in which Christians can understand what this interested service or selfless love looks like is mm-hmm. seeing that Christ emptied himself out completely on the cross for my life, for my soul, and I'm called to imitate, I'm called a Christian, I'm called to imitate Christ. Right. Um, and so there's there's a great knowledge of this, I think, intuitively for Christians that sometimes they just, maybe they haven't thought, why do I do the things I do? Right. And so the why of, of why is it important to teach the faith and to live the faith is is because it creates within a person a disposition and an ability to respond as a follower of Christ right. in every situation. You right. know, an interesting, very non-related story, but we'll get back on point in a moment, is that when 9-11 happened, and it's been a while, um, there's a, a tremendous amount of ink spilt about the why, or about the, about the why, but about the who, a lot of, you know, who. And lost in that story is the tremendous 
and beautiful story of the police and the firemen um, who went in without without even thinking, went into the burning building quite mm-hmm. literally, um, uh, many of whom lost their life because of their heroic efforts to save others. But that instinct to love and to serve mm. and protect others was not born out of the police academy. Right. Um, it wasn't born out of firemen right. academy. It was born out of having that lifelong example given to them. And notably, first of all, is that the the, the, the chaplains who died and, and, and the many police and fire chaplains who died, but noticing, too, that many of those men and women who died were, were Catholics. That was, I was like, it's a great untold story. But you see immediately that interiorization of the faith led to an external action, which mm-hmm. is what hopefully is being activated by this domestic church and the, the right. catechesis the kids are receiving, that they can go out into the world and be good emissaries of Christ right. to the world. And what I what I hear you saying in that, too, is like parents can't, we can't give what we don't have. Mm. If we haven't first had an encounter with Christ and allowed that to penetrate the depth of our being and um, experienced conversion, then it's going to be very difficult um, for us to lead our children to that mm-hmm. as well. So that, that's a good segue into number 2225 in the Catechism. Again, if anybody's wondering where we're getting these things from, it says, through the gra- quote, through the grace of the sacrament of marriage, mar- parents receive the responsibility and privilege of evangelizing mm. their children, italics in the text. Parents should initiate their children at an early age into the mysteries of the faith, which they are the, quote, first heralds for their children. Mm. They should associate them with their tenderest years with the life of the church. Mm. Right? Again, it's not like this is, this is not rocket science. The church is not saying anything new. What she's reminding us of is is this great tradition that we've received that, again, when we look to Scripture and we see that the whole households of, uh, you know, the slaves, the free, the sons, the daughters, everybody was baptized in the faith, the, the, the most important gift was given to them and then lived Mm -hmm. it wasn't it wasn't excised to oh go to the parish church you'll get all that you need it wasn't like oh go to the gym and you'll learn how to do no it was like no we've got to do this too we've got to bring them into this and associate this with our life at the house the domestic church so of that thing I just read, though, I thought it, what in your ears perked a little. You're like, oh. Yeah, that word privilege, because we hear responsibility all the time. Right. You have a responsibility to teach your children the faith. Like, okay, I got it. But it is a privilege. The, the idea that this is a privilege, that God mm-hmm. has entrusted these children into our in, to us, and they're part of our family, that it is a privilege to be the first teachers of the faith. And that doesn't mean that I'm teaching the hypostatic union to my five-year-old, four-year-old, right. two-year-old, and six-month-old. Right. It means we're, we're doing the best that we can with, mm-hmm. with what we've got and just doing the, the fundamental things. Most recently, because I've always heard people talk about um, like how they like do a family rosary, and that mm. has been the most intimidating thing. I <laughs> I would never want to touch that, right? Um, because I'm like it's it would be chaos. It would it would be insane. But um, a, a couple of weeks ago, we decided like okay, we're gonna try this because my husband and I were doing the Our Lady Undoer of Knots Novena. So we're like okay, we're gonna do the first two decades with the kids. Um, and then send them to bed, and then we'll finish. Uh, but each time we did it, we did another decade with them, and ultimately that that led to us doing the entire rosary, something that we never would have thought of trying. But I say all that to to share that 
the change that I saw in my kids or I, I am seeing in them, the mm-hmm. more that we practice, um, is it perfect? No. Does Simon stand on his head during <laughs> the fourth mystery? Yes, absolutely. Are there fights? Sure. But we're, we're trying our best and like mm-hmm. God's grace is active in that. And that's really cool to see those moments where things are mm-hmm. connecting. Um, but it's a privilege to experience this with them. Like, teaching them draws us to deeper holiness, hopefully. Yeah, and that word privilege is important because it is it is a privilege. You have the gift of life. God gave you the ability to bring children into mm-hmm. the world and to, to, to give them the gift of faith is the greatest joy of your life. Like mm-hmm. every parent, I've, you know, I baptized a kid this past weekend. What's the, you know, we, the church asks, what do you want for your child? And we say baptism. The parent says baptism. We used to say faith um, because outside of natural reproduction, the greatest gift that a person can give another person is the gift of faith. Mm. And so the church fundamentally is, is restating that in a way that helps parents to recognize it's a privilege and a responsibility. Mm-hmm. It's a great gift to give. It's also a responsibility yes. to give it rightfully. Yes. So um, when we talk about this very specific topic in 22:26, it says education in the faith by the parents should begin in the child's earliest years and then it goes on in this, and I, I'm very familiar with this because I've given a lot of talks on this this paragraph. It talks about how that relationship between parish, par- or parents and parish correspond. Um, and this is where the St. Philip Institute really comes in. So we've been talking about the why. We're going to talk a little bit more about the, the what and the how now. But um, what the church points to is that it says the parish is the Eucharistic community in the heart of the liturgical life of the Christian families. Therefore, it is a privileged place for the catechesis of children and parents. But at no point in here does it say that the parish is responsible for instructing your children in the faith completely right. or that the church is responsible for teaching you, the parents, everything right. about the faith. Right. It's a complementarity. Exactly. And particularly because it's focused on the liturgy, the church, the parish life is focused on the liturgy itself, which is the privileged place of catechesis, as the church states over and over again. It's where we learn divine mystery and we encounter divine mystery. But that's not the only place. And in right. fact, everything that happens around that leads to it and kind of flows from it. So thinking about that, your your experience now as a, a parent who's also trying to teach your kids, starting to teach, mm-hmm. uh, particularly with your oldest, like some of the basic contents of the mm-hmm. faith. Um, Bishop Strickland's constitution really has instructed and led the way for this, for the Institute, um, that we're going to help do that. We're going to help you accomplish that part of your mission. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is it that you as a parent are kind of hoping, and then what what is it that you know we're providing? Yeah, I'd say. yeah my, my hope as a parent is that the the diocese, the institute, can just c- continue to support me in my vocation as a parent because mm-hmm. it is very overwhelming to think like, okay, I am responsible and I have the privilege of instructing my children in the faith, but concretely, like, what does that look like, practically mm-hmm. speaking? Mm-hmm. What am I supposed to do? Um, and not necessarily to provide training in a curriculum, but just to help me understand, here are the seeds of faith that I can be planting um, mm-hmm. in my children's lives from the, from the earliest moments. 
Um, because yeah, it, it can be very intimidating <laughs> to think, even even with the the educational background that my husband and I have. It's like, how do I communicate this to my children in a way that will lead to them becoming saints, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And for them to grow in holiness. And what I love about what we're doing as the institute is that we're we're really aiming to to accomplish that. We're not trying to replace the parents' role, but we're trying to supplement that by just offering um, offering uh, additional online resources and things like that. So um, I guess we're kind of transitioning into the online faith formation right. <laughs> program. Um, so the idea is that the St. Philip Institute will be offering online faith formation for first grade through 12th grade, mm-hmm. online RCIA. Because we know that in the midst of COVID and right. and not really knowing what's what's going on and uh, or what's going to happen later on in the year, um, and knowing that not all of our parishes are equipped to to have so many people gather, um, that this online uh, resource would be a way for children to continue formation. But in no way are we trying to say like, this is the one thing that your kids need to do to check the box. Right. Um, so we're offering catechesis for the kids um, through high school and then also in RCIA, but also developing parent resources mm-hmm. where they can connect with one another, but also just receive those very practical tools. So we're not, again, we're, we won't be training um, parents in the faith and life series, uh, but really just getting more to the practical. We'll, we'll talk about like, what are the, what are the topics in that curriculum and help prepare them to have some of those conversations, right. but really helping them to get back to the basics. So having a home altar, mm-hmm. what does that look like? What does family prayer look like? What are ways to begin that? Because it can be a little chaotic, especially when you've got little ones. So again, mm-hmm. just reinforcing what should already be happening. in the Right. Home. Right. And, and to start a, with a more concerted effort, I think, to really evangelize each other in the home is it's a hard thing to do. Like mm-hmm. a husband and a wife don't wanna don't wanna feel like they're having to evangelize each other, but you literally make the promise to love each <laughs> right. other until death do you part, right. which means help you help saints. each other get to heaven. Like that's that's it. Like that's the goal. that's the goal. So it's not to be uh, an antagonistic kind of thing, but right. it's it's really mm-hmm. to be seen as okay. How are how am I as a husband? How am I as a wife? How are we as parents responding to this this invitation from the mm-hmm. church to really go deeper in our ability to live domestic church and to help teach the faith? So as Deanna mentioned, uh, the the institute will be providing online faith formation for especially for parents and for families who maybe your parish doesn't have enough um, classrooms or enough space with social distancing to to have your first grader or your second grader um, be be there physically present. Um, and we're going to do that with different grade levels and, and with uh, high school and with um, adult RCIA. But we, we certainly want you to know that you need to talk to your par- parish priests yes. like that's that's really the first pl- per- place you start first person you talk to but this this online option will be available um and we're taught we've talked to the priest already about this and we're going to continue to talk about them here in the diocese of tyler like beyond our borders we want to encourage the same thing talk to your parish priest there's definitely going to be good material out there online um for people to use um, but it's not it's not like you know, Netflix, where you just turn it on and walk away and do the dishes right. while your kids watch this thing. <laughs> um, no, you need to be right there with them because they may have questions during, you know, during the session that, well, 
if they can't get the answer from the teacher or the instructor, they're going to turn to you and say, hey, why is it this way? Mom and dad need to be there with yes. them to yes. say, and to, to admit if they don't know, hey, I don't know, but yeah. I'm going to find let's out. Let's learn together. Yeah, let's learn together. I'll call father or I'll, or I'll, I'll hopefully – I'll go do my own research, yeah. <laughs> um, but I may need to check with father or call the institute or email the institute and say, hey, this came up, kind of curious how you'd answer it. We're here and we're glad to help you. So that's that's the what and the how is going to be primarily uh, through, driven through digital media and digital uh, content and uh, Zoom, um, uh, Zoom Classroom, I think, uh, or Google Classroom and maybe Zoom are going to be two of the methodologies we use. Um, and the good thing is all this will be recorded. So if, if the time slot, for example, we'll do it live, like I'm going to be working with high school students. Um, starting, I think, Sunday, September 13th. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll do it from 7 to 8 p.m. or 7 to 8.15 or something like that. So if you're, if that's not a good time for your high school student um, and not a good time for you as a family, we'll record it. It'll be there. It'll be available on our webpage, and you'll be able to just kind of go there and say, okay, so this was Father Braun with, and I, with whatever the topic might be. Um, so you can watch it and have that time to share together mm-hmm. and learn from it together, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the what, the why, and the how. I want to get a little bit back more into the why because I, I you and I are both uh, pretty gung-ho about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the why kind of comes down to a, a, a basic choice of do I want what's best for my child or do I want to sh- – teach them other things so mm-hmm. uh, i'm gonna give an example of this this is i saw this meme yesterday and it really it struck me like right in the heart overwhelmingly your average catholic american uh parishioner no matter what race um no matter what gender can tell you more about professional athletes and musicians and politicians let's be real than they could about the blessed virgin mary mm-hmm. about our lord And that speaks volumes about what we prioritize. So the reason this kind of gets so hard is that it it asks us the question, is God actually this important? Do I really want to go to heaven, or do I kind of not care? Pope Francis famously talks about this, and I really appreciate that he's reiterated it time and time again, that there is um, an almost... uh, religious agnosticism um, within within our church walls, that there are people who say, oh, we're Catholic, but if you saw what happened in their weekly life, you'd just say, oh, I, I mean, you go to Mass, maybe, during COVID, probably not. Right. Maybe you watch it online. And, and this is not about shaming people, but it's about really waking up. Like, are we really taking this seriously? Or are we just saying, I, I hope I have good intentions that my kids will get to heaven, but mm-hmm. I'm not really committed to doing anything about it. So we want to close a little bit. Just, uh, I mean, I kind of put that on you. Like, <laughs> you hear that, you, you're trying to live it. Give a message of hope to our people about why this is, how you think this yeah. is possible. Yeah. And why you're, you're doing it. This is the, the great blessing that I think is coming out of COVID-19 and the chaos of what's happening in the world right now is that it is highlighting the need for the family. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even just those words, domestic church, I've realized that it's not something that I have really reflected on myself but realizing that if I am, if I believe, if I believe all of this, and I know I work for the church and I've got the degree, whatever, but if I really believe all of this, then the fruit of that should be seen in my family life. 
Um, and if I, if I so want heaven for my children, and I think all of us do, we all want our children to have a deep and beautiful relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, but in order for them to encounter that, I have to know that as well. I have to know who Jesus is in my life and respond to it. My husband has to know Jesus Christ and respond to him um, so that our children can have, have, we have to long for heaven as much as we want heaven for our kids. Mm -hmm. Um, So as noisy and chaotic as the world is right now, um, the hope that we have is in Jesus Christ. And we will see the fruit of that in the domestic church. We'll see um, that light in the darkness will come from families striving to live this out. And it will be messy and it will not be perfect all the time, but it is so worth it if we, yeah, if we, if we want to, to give Jesus to our, our kids. Amen. Amen. Well, as well, St. John Paul II, as the family goes, so goes society. And that's really what's exactly. inspired this whole conversation. And so we're thankful for his beautiful, celibate, chaste testimony to the beauty of family life, to our bishop um, for his his endeavors with the teaching constitution and the institute. And again, check out our website, uh, www.stphilipinstitute.org. And I want to leave parents with this final scripture quote to maybe hang somewhere where your children will see it often. It's from Sirach chapter 7, verse 27 and 28. It says, With all your heart, honor your father, and do not forget the birth pangs of your mother. Mm. Remember that through your parents you were born. And what can you give back to them that equals their gift to you? A beautiful quote, not to make them fearful, but to maybe remind them (laughs) that they are there because of you. And what a great joy and privilege it is to be a parent. God bless all of you. Thank you. And we'll ask for the bishop's blessing. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.